0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. And there you have it. 20 Cam Newton, 19 Sam Darnold, and at 18 Carson Wentz. You know, if we had just seen this a year and a half ago, we'd have been like, what the hell? We got the graphic all screwed up. They got the pa- what you got the Panther in the wrong spot and what, where's Seriously. the eagle logo? Right. My <laughs> gosh, it just shows you what what the NFL has become as it relates to veteran quarterbacks. Everyone wants a franchise quarterback. Once they decide that the guy they have no longer fits that category even if he ever did, they're moving on and they're going to look elsewhere. Carson Wentz moving on from Philadelphia to Indianapolis. A lot of optimism in Indy that they're going to make this work. With Carson Wentz. And look, I I can't remember where once was last year or the year before. I suspect he was a lot higher than was, Yes. His play suffered last year. We still don't know why, because he thrived late in the 2019 season with, as you would say, a bunch of crap around him, yeah. all due respect to the guys who were like fifth string, but he willed the team to the playoffs. And then last year it it all fell apart. And Frank Reich, coach of the Colts, believes he can put it all back together and get back to the way it was in 2017 when Wentz was an MVP candidate. He was the favorite for MVP before he tore his ACL against the Rams in December.
1: Well, that's why, like, I can't drop him, you know, much farther than 18. That's where it's got to go. I mean, there is, like, some, some recent history, okay, of, like, going, damn, I've seen the guy play at a level that's better than some of the people in front of him. Last year was not good, like you talked about, but man, the end of 2019, he carried the team as well as we saw any quarterback in football to get in the playoffs, and like you mentioned, and thank you for that, the 2017 year, yeah, I think both of our opinions, uh, he, he could've, should've won the MVP. So we've seen enough information to know Carson Wentz has it in him to play quarterback at a top 10 level in the NFL. Yeah, last year was a disaster in a lot of ways. But just like we talked about with Sam Darnold, and like you kind of just mentioned it, I mean, you know, there's issues with that football team. Yeah, he wasn't able to create some of the same magic. You know, that that year before, they were able to kind of get on that run late in the year. From the get-go last year, they were reeling. I mean, from the get-go, and I know they blew that lead against Washington and all that type of stuff, but, you know, like Sam Darnold, injuries on the offensive line, system that, you know, nobody is writing home about to go, wow, it's the greatest, most creative system in football. And then even last year with the injuries at receiver, it was a bunch of, you know, again, don't mean to be disrespectful, but no names to a degree. Playing the wide receiver position, no run game. I mean, so there we go. Yeah, he let some of the circumstances and him trying to do too much affect his play and what he did on the field. And that led to him holding the ball too long in the pocket, you know, trying to jam balls into the tightest windows you've ever seen. But when every throw is jamming into the tightest window you've ever seen, you know, that's the way life was for Philadelphia. He didn't know any different. It was the year before they were they were jammed tight, too. I just got them in there. This year, yeah, they didn't have the mojo. So there was a lack of support, all of those type of things. He didn't play well, and it snowballed out of control. So it ended up ultimately benching him. But I still think this is a guy with a little support that has shown us that he's got real, real talent to be dangerous.
0: And the contrast between Carson Wentz and Aaron Rodgers last year as it relates to the drafting of a – potential successor right Rodgers became pissed and focused and became the league MVP yeah Wentz crumbled and Jay Glazer of Fox reported at one point during the season last year that that they think that the selection of Jalen Hurts in round two messed him up sure and maybe it did maybe 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 he just needs to feel like he's the guy and, you know, that that that's not an indictment against the player. Everyone is motivated differently. And, you know, he he didn't expect it. It happened and uh, it took him some time to get over it. Or maybe it maybe it uh, caused him to just decide, I want out of here. Well, and he was never able to overcome that last year. Uh, he just reacted in a different way than Rogers
1: did to a similar affront. No, no doubt. I mean, I, I don't deny that. But, you know, again, Aaron Rodgers is, like, at a different point in his career and a staple, and we know a first-ballot Hall of Famer and, you know, what I would say the greatest quarterback to ever live. So he's pretty comfortable with his, like, stance as far as in the league and those things. You know, Carson Wentz, I mean, this is why, to me, it was the, the it was a dumb draft pick with Jalen Hurts. He was just getting his confidence back from, hey, everybody hates you and we like Nick Foles. He was just getting back to like, wait, I think the city likes me and the team likes me. What? We drafted Jalen Hurts, and now if I don't play awesome right away, all those people that I finally got back on my side that are just barely over the fence on my side, if I struggle at all, they're all going to go, Wow, Nick Falls, Jalen Hurts, get him the hell out of here. I mean, that was Philadelphia. They messed that up. And you know, what I tell people too is sometimes go, well, look at the games last year, what he did and all that. Listen, I understand he couldn't, he didn't play well, right? Our expectations of the Eagles were too high, too, though. You know, when you sit back and look at their year from the 2020 season, look at their schedule. I mean, tell me who they lost to that they were supposed to beat with that team. Who were they supposed to beat? The Packers? The Seahawks? You know? I mean, they were as good as the Giants. The Giants were actually better. Yeah, they went one and one. You know, were they supposed to beat Pittsburgh and Baltimore and the Rams and all those teams? I mean, no. They stunk, and I think that's – Wentz's greatness from the year before started unreal expectations for last year's team, and I think that's also what added the pressure on him, and everybody expected that same magic. And I think this is a – you know, again, this is a guy that I think's got top-ten talent, and with the right team around him, he can show it, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happened this year. Let's take a look at this Colts roster
0: because post-Julio Jones trade, the Titans and the Colts – were both plus 110 favorites to win the division, courtesy of our friends at the PointsBet Sportsbook. The Jaguars and the Texans nudge them to the back. This is Colts and Titans battling it out to win the division, just like last year. Offensive line, Eric Fisher in, Quentin Nelson still there, Ryan Kelly, Mark Lewinsky, Braden Smith
1: G- g- give me the best way to categorize that position group. Well, I-, I think like a top 10-ish group in football, certainly in the top half of football, but there's just that one glaring question mark, right? That left tackle spot avoided, You know, that's been voided by Anthony Costanzo. You know, who's it going to be? They did a great job in signing Eric Fisher, but uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be ready to go at the start of the year. At least I wouldn't expect, um, but man... When you talk about Quentin Nelson, you know, Ryan Kelly, that's a pretty damn good you know, center guard combo there. Braden Smith is a good right tackle, um, so it's one of the better units in football for me. I don't know if it's like the blue wall like we talked about maybe two, three years ago when it was really special, but it's still uh, a dominant group.
0: And it's a huge difference for Carson Wentz. All due respect to the yes. Eagles, it's something he's never enjoyed before. That kind of ability side to side. And you saw the stats up there, the difference between the Eagles offensive line and the Colts offensive line last year. That, that could allow Carson Wentz to you know, have some time right, to find receivers, maybe buy some time with his feet if need be. Less pressure, fewer hits, fewer injuries, better performance by Carson Wentz. Receivers, T.Y. Hilton back after a foray into free agency, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell at receiver as
1: well, Jack Doyle and Mo Alley Cox at tight end. Uh best way to describe that group. I mean solid with the potential to be special. I think that's the way I would kind of look at it. You know, Michael Pittman Jr., we saw some good things from him. You know, Paris Campbell is the guy, the unforgot like the forgotten guy from from two years ago. He's been battling injuries, but he's got a really exciting, explosive element to his game. I mean, he was a 4-3 guy and a second-round pick, and we've seen a lot of second-round picks, you know, dominate football the last two years. So, to me, it hinges on him. We know T.Y. Hilton, what he is. He's still really good. He's not the star he used to be. You know, tight end play, solid. Uh, but I, I think, you know, yes, this is like a real good – middle of the pack group mike i don't know if you see it the same way where if like paris campbell comes through you go "Ooh, they could be semi-special and, and dangerous in what they do
0: yeah i don't know i don't know i mean there was a reason why they were mentioned so early on in the julio jones sweep stage. Yeah, right ty hilton's been around for 10 years now um and and he was available for a while to anyone who would have wanted him and and he's had some great performances I'm not taking anything away from him but someone else would have snatched him up I think if he was still viewed as one of the top guys in the league uh they they need Pittman to keep developing um you know it's you know as Matt Casey's telling me this really isn't scaring anyone when you look at that list of names and uh I I think that that they would benefit if if someone would come available uh and again the julio jones ship obviously has sailed and i don't know who else is out there that would just suddenly whether it's a trade whether it's a guy who gets cut because he's got a big salary but i feel like chris ballard's got to be thinking man it would just be nice to get to just get one guy one guy but whether a guy who can take the top off the defense not that you can just dial up no on, you know a menu and get a guy like that but i i feel like they're one body away a, a good recognizable name a proven commodity i feel yeah. like they would use that not necessarily a julio jones and i think they were smart to not go get julio jones because chris ballad recognizes i gotta pay this guy at some point but 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 somebody you yeah know, let, let's say the let's say the rams decide not that you know you can't really trust deshaun jackson to stay healthy but no, but I know no, what I kinda, you mean.
1: I'd, I'd feel better about that receiving core if they had Deshaun Jackson, even with his health that, issue. That's where, well, that's where I got into like the Paris Campbell conversation. He could be that guy, but like, you know, this has been something I, I think you've heard me say over the last year with the Colts. It's and, and I think you're bringing it up, and I think it's it's spot on. You know, they they need that difference, one more difference maker on each side of the ball. You know, I, I think that's a real thing. It's a lot of good. They just need that. You know, one great aspect to get you over the edge to, you know, ooh, it's a close football game, and let's not always have to depend on our system and everybody doing the right things. It'd just be nice to have a guy that can make a play and win the damn game for us. You know, that's to me where they miss a little bit on both sides of the ball, and that's where Paris Campbell is going to be big, and you're right. You know, it's, it's uh, something to watch for with their football team. But I do also think if you take into the running game, and Naheem Himes and what he can do in the past game, it makes that group a little bit better than than maybe we uh, want to give it credit for.
0: Deshaun Jackson has played eight total games the last two years. Yikes. Paris Campbell has played nine. Two That's years. That's scary. Yes. Two games last year, right. seven games the year before. So, yeah, staying healthy is the key. You mentioned the running backs. Jonathan Taylor ended up being great last year. There was concerns he had too much wear and tear coming out of Wisconsin where I think he had – 11,000 yards in one season and 850 carries. (laughs) Uh, Naheem Hines, a nice change of pace guy. Great acrobat as well. Marlon Mack came back because he had that torn Achilles tendon week one. Right. And it's a shame. It was his contract year, and I know they've had high hopes for him, but that is a hell of a three-headed attack there between Taylor and Mack, and you throw in Hines. You can do some special things out of the backfield and it does make your receiving core
1: better right.
0: because defenses have to worry about the guys in the backfield.
1: There, there's no doubt. You gotta worry about this aspect of their football team with that O line and then this guy's a game breaker. I mean that's what we saw is he got comfortable during the year last year. At the end of the season, I mean he got into the one of the best, most explosive running backs in the game. I mean, he, he can go seventy yards right through the middle of the defense, outrun everybody. So it was good to see him come along. And that's where it's you know you're, you're excited for Carson Wentz because you sit here and talk about these things and go, man, Frank Reich, pretty creative system. They got a good O line, man. Three good running backs, got a little of everything. He, you know Wentz doesn't have to do it all by himself, but man, Mac is similar to Jonathan Taylor to where if he got banged up, you got Marlon Mack to come in. You don't miss a beat there. And Naheem Hines is you know your special jitterbug guy there to where yeah, I think when you take it into t- totality. You look at that offense and go, it's got a chance to be something. That receiver question I think you bring up is is the most prevalent one.
0: Last year they made the move to get DeForest Buckner trading the first round pick to the forty ers and then paying Buckner. That's helped transform the defense. Yeah. You know, other than Darius Leonard, and I know you you've got a lot of faith in Quiddy Peg, a guy that was drafted this year. Right. There there aren't names that just fly off the page, but the unit altogether it feels like it's right. catching up to the offense. This has been an offense heavy team for a long time. It's skewed toward the offense. That's been their way.
1: The defense seems to be on the verge of becoming more than it's been. I think so. I, I, you know, Buckner was huge for them last year. And for a long period of time, I think he was, you know, in the defensive uh, player of the year conversation. And we saw when he missed two games, their defense fell off. But, like, you know, yeah, it's, I think him and, like you said, Darius Leonard are the only two household names you know there's a lot of great depth they got everything you need from that standpoint and a lot of good it's just like like we've seen the great defenses have more than just a DeForest Buckner and a Darius Leonard the great defenses have another two three names you can add to that right and that's where the Colts are going to get or need to get to and that's where yeah who is it Who's going to join the list there? You know, is it somebody in the secondary? I don't know. You know, they're, they're, they're just – but Darius Leonard, we know how awesome he is. They need one more difference maker on that D-line, and we'll see if Quiddie Pay can be that guy coming out of Michigan. He is a physical, twitchy, explosive pass rusher. I just he's, – he's kind of a – he doesn't fit the mold of great pass rushers, Mike. You know, is that outside linebacker going to be great at everything? Is he going to go get double-digit sacks every year? I don't know. I got to see it to believe it first. Uh, but but I think he's going to be a, a definite good addition to that defense and make some plays and be disruptive, nonetheless. You know, there's a guy in the
0: Colts defense who may be very happy about the arrival of Julio Jones in Tennessee, and that's Xavier Rhodes. Rhodes had a history of yeah. shutting down Julio Jones when Rhodes was with the Vikings and Jones was with the Falcons. And last year, when the Vikings didn't have Rhodes, Jones torched them. Now they're going to get reunited, and if this isn't an you know a, an A-list cornerback receiver battle at this point, right? But. Uh, Rhodes is back. Rhodes was so much better last year than he had been yes, in his last was. few seasons in Minnesota. And, uh, I'm looking forward to watching Julio Jones and Xavier Rhodes go at it. Cause I, I remember seeing them go at it many times from 20, what, 13, 14 through 2019.
1: He's got that, like, he's got the physical size and strength to at least match up with a Julio Jones. That's where like Julio is just so crazy talented cause he's fast, like a guy that's much smaller but has the strength of like a tight end getting off the line of scrimmage. So that's where a guy uh, like Xavier Rhodes is, is certainly important. And, yeah, he was way better last year than the two years we saw previous to that to Minnesota. So hopefully that con- uh, continues. Rakia Sin, you know, pretty damn good. Kenny Moore, one of the better nickel guys in football. You know, safeties, I love the Julian Black, Blackman guy. I think he, the way he can run around, fly, he adds great value to their team. But I don't know. To me, it's still, that's, that's a little bit of a question mark of a group there to a degree. You know, I, I just look at that group and just go, okay, it's a big game. It's the Colts or some of these other really t- – I mean, not the Colts, or the Chiefs or one of these other high-octane AFC offenses – I don't I don't have great confidence in this secondary's ability to play man-to-man. That's been my big question about them for the past two years and something I will continue to uh, sit here and watch and evaluate with them.
0: We'll see how it plays out for the Colts, though. But Colts, Titans, AFC South, and whoever emerges as the winner of that division, who knows, maybe a team that can go deep into the postseason in 2021. Let's take a break. When we return... The, the Aaron Rodgers saga continues and there was something that was said last night by a former teammate that has caused me to come up with a new hypothesis slash theory slash don't waste your time listening to that crap okay. we'll be back with that when PFT Live continues right after this The Aaron Rodgers saga continues. That's a tweet from James Jones. Everyone relax. R-E-L-A-X. That's one of the Aaron Rodgers catchphrases. Not nearly as entertaining as don't waste your time reading that crap. Um, James Jones was on NFL Network explaining the comments from Mark Murphy, the complicated fella line. This isn't a conspiracy. Please take that down. People, People think that's actually
1: me. Um that, that's not Photoshopped. <laughs> I so, like it. Uh, so they're telling and, and that's anyway, what they think the rest of your body looks like.
0: My here's my theory. And and this is the the best I could do with what James Jones had to say. James Jones, despite some internal inconsistencies in his words as he was explaining his beliefs, because I think he's trying to walk a very fine line here between not pissing off Mark Murphy, who He claims to have a good relationship and not pissing off Aaron Rodgers, who Jones clearly has a good relationship with by virtue of the fact that Rodgers actually speaks to Jones. The, The logic goes like this. It's not complicated if you have a good relationship with him, so you need to have a good relationship with him. If you have a good relationship with him, it won't be complicated and you can work this out. And it dawned on me as I was trying to make sense of what James Jones had to say on NFL Network last night that... That Aaron Rodgers quite possibly wants the Packers, and specifically Mark Murphy, to reach out to Jones and have Jones serve as the liaison, as the go-between, as the middleman between management and player. Because Jones has said it's fixable. He said last week it's fixable. Last night he says it's complicated if you don't have the relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's got the relationship with Rodgers and the relationship with Murphy. And I think if Rodgers is going to get whatever it is that he wants, and last week Jones says, well, he doesn't want Brian Gutekunst fired, and he doesn't want this, he doesn't want this. I'm not telling you what he wants, but he doesn't want all these other things, which is just irritating. Don't tell me what he doesn't want. Tell me what he does want if you want it to, to be understood by the fan base. But I, I can't help but feel like Rodgers is looking for a face saver here something that allows him to come back something and that maybe Jones can be the guy who who bridges
1: the gap between Murphy slash Kunst and quarterback well I, I agree with you Like, agree with you in a lot of ways I I don't know if I buy like the um the middleman like Murphy and Gutekunst are going to talk to James Jones to sue this over but like I I agree with you. I think in the fact that I I mean, Aaron Rodgers is giving these messages to him to send them out into the public, and that's him speaking. You know, so he's playing at that angle. He's getting his messages out there. Like I don't know what is there to mend anymore with Rodgers and that. It's over. He don't like you. They don't like him. It doesn't look like I don't know, but it definitely looks like he doesn't like them. I can say that. And so it's like, okay, you know. And we've talked about. It. There's no issues with the rest of the organization, so I think it's more about like these these things are more about kind of mending public perception and and more about getting that 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 notice out there to the Green Bay fans and things like that to calm them down and also set the stage for yes, him coming to training camp and uh, getting ready to play football.
0: I you know I just had this this. flash through my brain and recently it was the 35 year anniversary of the release of ferris bueller's day off it's almost like aaron Rodgers is ferris bueller and mark murphy is rooney the principal rooney and and i just i just think i i should say you do Stats (laughs) does that far better than i ever did but i i think and as more time goes by i think I think Rooney doesn't want Ferris in school anymore. I really think that Murphy doesn't want him to show up. Doesn't want to trade him. Yeah, but but is basically daring him,
1: goading him to stay away. And I think Murphy secretly would love it. Uh, it it seems that way. I mean, it does. And you know, maybe that's where that's where again, I think all the hubbub and everything of yesterday and all that's where we got into the James Jones relax thing. Because everybody was talking about it again. And he probably knew he was going to have to go on TV and talk about it or say something. So he texts Aaron Rodgers, what should I say? I'm going to have to make a comment. And Rodgers, you know, he's aware enough to know that everybody was talking about, you know, the complicated fella bullcrap thing that Mark Murphy said the other day. So he comes back with the relaxed thing. So he's, he's the sounding board for Rodgers, at least the way it looks like for me. But, like, I'm with you, Mike. I don't know. I mean, yeah. After that, like we said yesterday, I mean, it looked like Mark Murphy is like he's he's trying to piss Rodgers off more and and really dare him not to come,
0: daring him not to come because if he doesn't show up for training camp, he will be the bad guy. Even though there was some rancor that dusted up after Murphy's comments came to light, and some fans were upset that Murphy was gratuitously stirring the pot. If Rogers doesn't show up. For training camp with three years left on his contract he will be I think based on the preponderance of the reaction he will be the villain in this because yeah. the fans always fall in line behind the laundry that's the way it works and it shouldn't be that way but it is and uh, they're not going to be sho- well I, they may be showing up to the shareholders meeting in Aaron Rodgers jerseys, but it's not going to be in Aaron Rodgers, Denver Broncos jerseys. They're going to be wearing Packers gear. They are Packers fans, and they've gone from Bart Starr to Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah, there was a lot of crap in the 20 years between Starr and Favre, but they are through and through Packers fans, and they know that Rodgers isn't going to be there for much longer anyway. They're going to to stay in line behind the team that they own a piece of. That's one of the benefits – of selling stock in your team. You are part of the organization. That's not, not that it was done for that purpose. That's the ultimate PR lever against a dis, in a dispute with a player. If you own a piece of the team, you're already you've
1: already picked a side. You're already on the side of management. You are management. Well, yeah, but you could also have a big stake in that team and go, man, this stake would be a lot worth a whole lot more if they would just do something to give this guy a chance to win the damn Super Bowl and then watch my stock prices go up. So they might be sitting there going, yeah, I'm management, but the guys that are really managing are messing up my damn checkbook and everything like that too.
0: Stock prices don't go up, can't sell the stock. That's the weirdest thing about Green Bay Packers. I, it stock. makes no sense. Sell it, the value <laughs> doesn't change, It is. it is – a great and unique other than the fact that there's, you know, tens of thousands of these out there, but it's a piece of memorabilia. You put it in a frame, you put it on the wall, there's my share well,
1: of Green Bay Packers. Will it ever stuff. happen? Like you think any day De- like does like Jeff Bezos come in one day to like, screw you, I'm buying all you out. It's can't. ten you can't. billion you can't, you can't. how you can't even do it. How like, do you round them all up? I don't know. And I just, how, I'm how just how throwing you... it out there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. All right. I, I, I I just
0: I think the way they've set it up, no one can buy that and stock. No one can do it. Okay. It it is uniquely held by the people who buy it directly from the Packers so that no one can go out and buy it all up and take control of the team it really is a strange thing and the one the one thing that it does for the purposes of those who wonder how profitable the nfl is every year because it's publicly traded even though it's not traded it's publicly held we get to see the books yeah and it gives us an idea of what all the teams are doing all right let's go ahead and take a break i mentioned what a valuable piece of memorabilia the share of stock is today's draft based upon something that happened over the weekend in tennis is our favorite game-worn souvenirs that we would draft and we'll draft that next year on pft live you guys like mike florio I mean, don't waste comes. your time
2: don't read and that no. crap reading and crap like that thank you NetCredit is here to say yes because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com/partners. NetCredit, credit to the people. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off shirts. Activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off.
0: Okay, there's uh, Novak Djokovic. Did I get that right? Yeah, Novak you Djokovic. got it. That's the first time in my life I've ever said his name, and that's the first time in that kid's life he's held a tennis racket from Novak Djokovic and he is losing his sh-t uh-huh. over getting that souvenir. I I saw yesterday that that thing's worth like 50 grand. I
1: I would think racket. so. I mean it's 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 Novak Djokovic is the greatest tennis player of all time. He's going to be when all said and done. And this is, I, I like tennis. I watched this the other day. It was special. And Mike, do you know the backdrop of the story a little bit? Like of why he gave him the, the racket oh, at all? No. All right. Oh, right. Cause he was like yelling at him. He said the whole, he said the whole match, the kid was coaching him. Hey, drop do drop shots, you know, play long point. He's at he, the whole match, so he just appreciated hey, the support. That was pretty jo- cool. Jo- Djokov- Djokovic is a better
0: uh, sport Human. than me. Oh, if no I'd doubt. listen to that kid for four hours, that racket was going somewhere, not in the kid's hands. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, kid. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, uh, i also say this. I don't care what that racket's worth. I would never trade my Lawrence Taylor signed jersey for that or any other tennis racket. That's, Good. That's Good. Damn sure. All right, good. But it inspires today's draft. The game worn souvenirs that would cause us to lose our SH-T.
1: Chris, you've got a trivia question for me. All right, here we go. 1970, Joe Theismann changed the pronounci- pronunciation of his last name. You knew that, right? He was Theismann. Yes. He changed it to Theisman. Uh he became he got second in the Heisman voting that year. Who won? Ooh. You know this. Thank you. 1970. Yeah, you'll know
0: 1970, it. 1970. It's not Steve Spurrier. He nope. was before that.
1: Right. I think he was a year or two before 70, that.
0: And it wasn't O.J. Simpson. He was drafted in 69. 1970. And it's not Johnny Rogers He was like a year or two
1: after that. Jim Plunkett. Yeah, good job. Bam, you got it. Good I did job. not look
0: down. I don't I, I, I believe
1: you on that one. I knew you could get to this one if you just work my way through it, it, it out. Yeah, right.
0: All right, I've got some fun ones, and I've got some real ones, and let's start off with a real one. What I would want is the ball that was thrown from Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill on the 23 jet, jet chip yeah. whatever it was jet chip wasp play <laughs> right they know who we mean the play that turned around the super bowl super bowl 54 like that yeah. it was over it was done the 49ers are winning and then there was that uh, uh, oh 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 did they just Uh oh 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 oh, oh that changes everything yeah that, i would want that ball that ball that made that trip from center swamp ass to Patrick Mahomes running around, buying time, firing it down the field, Tyreek Kill catching it—I'd want that ball.
1: That's a pretty good one, special one. I mean, definitely, it, it gives me chill, chills just thinking about it right there. Just uh, you know, you talk about one of the biggest moments in football history. Yeah, that was that was one of them. Uh, crazy, it uh, really was, and such an unbelievable play. Um, all right, I'm going to go old school, kind of back to close to your hometown here. I want the ball from the Immaculate Reception, right? I believe the story is nobody's ever found it. Uh, But, man, I mean, when you talk about the history of football, I mean, the Immaculate Reception is certainly towards the top of the list of the most amazing plays and everything, uh, just everything around it. Not that the Steelers won the Super Bowl that year, but it was kind of the jump off to getting them confidence, and I believe it was the next year that they won it. Uh, But either way. Two years. It was two years later. Either way, that play right there, especially with, like, the questions around it, right? Because at that time, you could not catch a ball, right, if it was off your own player. Am I got that right, or is it the other way around? That's right. Offensive
0: right. player, if it touched an offensive player, right. another offensive player couldn't catch it, which was a ridiculous – where the,
1: what hell, the hell, did that hell was rule that come rule? Come from? <laughs> right. That was a dumb. That is, that's a dumb one. And then we don't know. I mean, of course, we don't know because, because of the camera angle if the ball actually touched the ground or not. You can't really see. I don't think it did, but I would want that. That would be number one.
0: Yeah, you know what? That's a pretty good one, and I probably should have gone with that one. I, I thought
1: when you said the said, ball, I was awesome. like, "Oh no, is he going to pick that?" That would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. And, and they have that. They have that life-size trophy
0: at the Pittsburgh Airport. I doubt. Yeah, that's not the ball. That they're not life-size statue, not trophy. <laughs> statue of Franco <laughs> Harris in that key moment. That's not the ball. That, Are you uh, saying uh, you're conceding
1: it. the draft? No, you admitting sorry. I won? Now it's over. I, I should have thought done? of that oh, one. Okay, I got. I got one
0: for you though. This is where I thought you were going to go. Yeah. With your New York Giants. I thought you were going to go with the helmet against which David Tyree pinned the ball.
1: <laughs> oh, good one!
0: In the in the critical moment of Super Bowl 42, mm. where it was right there making that catch. No, I look. Hey, Rodney Harrison did everything. Hey, Rodney, he's that picking
1: up. that. He picked you. Oh, just ask Rodney. But, See, maybe he's got the helmet. Let's ask him. <laughs> but but uh, that helmet's got to be
0: somewhere, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I would get the ball too and like super glue it there for all time.
1: Oh man, unreal play. I mean, I don't know. That could be the greatest play in the Super history really david tyree you know i grew up around him in north jersey you know he was a, a high school star like myself coming up the ranks that was cool that he got to do that for the home team <laughs> yeah i mean he was chris is humble today well you know i mean <laughs> he was school, a high school star oh, like myself. Hell, you know what i meant high recruit who the hell cares i don't give a damn right, all right coveted bye. recruit like myself <laughs> pretty big time if you haven't heard um <laughs> all right i'm um, i am going to go to new york I am, but I'm going to go to something that's a little more towards, you know, hits home for me. I want Bill Parcells gray sweater from the 1986 Super Bowl with the orange Gatorade on it. That's what I would want. That would be my next. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, that's a special day for me and the meaning of my life, but, but there's meaning to that anyways. I mean, the Giants hadn't won a championship in 30 years. That was the first time and the Giants invented the Gatorade bath. I don't know if a lot of people know that. like every now and then I meet people and they're always like, "Oh, are you serious?" The Giants invented it. Harry Carson started it in week two of that season, and he would hide and do things. He got parcels twice in that game, so that will be my uh, my next choice.
0: I, I boy, um, I got some fun ones, too. I'm going to have to tell you some of the other ones that I had. here. <laughs> I, I'm torn now because I was really focused on recent stuff. yeah. And, and I'll tell you the one, because I you're probably not going to pick this, but you can if you want. I, I I kind of wanted the Alvin Kamara red and green cleats from Christmas last year when he scored six touchdowns. That was sweet. First time that's happened since 1965. But if we're, you know, you're dredging extra. up all these historical moments. Remember at the end of the Minneapolis miracle what Stephon Diggs did? He ripped his helmet off and he threw it. Chucked it, it. right. Uh, that, give me that helmet. I'll take the, oh. the helmet that, that Diggs wore during the Minneapolis
1: mirror. Okay, I like that. That's cool. I mean, that's, hey, it, it hits home for you. And definitely one of the craziest moments ever. I mean, that went from like, oh, it's over to, oh, my gosh, he got it complete to, oh, my gosh, step out of bounds. What are you doing? Go out of bounds. Oh, my gosh, he's going to score a touchdown and win the game. I mean, that was unreal. That really was. And uh, Sean Payton's probably still throwing up because of it. Um. All right. Ooh, man. I got some. Like, I am the Jersey twenty-eight to three from Brady to win his fifth Super Bowl is up there. But I'm gonna go with something else. I'm gonna go something a little like what I think. I'm gonna go Joe Willie, Joey Broadway, Joe baby. I want his white cleats from Super Bowl three. Nobody wore white cleats. It was flashy. He was Broadway Joe. He makes a guarantee. He beats the best team in football 16 to 7 in his white cleats, Super Bowl 3 MVP. Go take some pictures with some pantyhose on now and you become a superstar. I want the white cleats.
0: I'm surprised you didn't want the pass that to jackson intercepted in the 2014 afc championship (laughs) it was on my list the The deflated football
1: the one that brady took the air out of yeah i thought about it it's on my list
0: twice i also this doesn't count as game worn (laughs) souvenir but i would really like the laminated piece of paper that david baker gave to drew Brees when he set the all-time passing yardage record that that piece of copy paper from dunder mifflin (laughs) with the record Laser printed on it and sealed in plastic for all time. That would be something to have. I wonder where that thing is. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll wrap up this Tuesday There they are. To to There's the my way. cleats. I think I bought a pair of those at Pickway. We've said a few times that the Chiefs have done everything they can to improve this year. One thing they're considering doing, Chris, is making Chris Jones into an edge rusher in passing situations. Frank Clark and Chris
1: Jones look out yeah well you got not you know it's the best way maybe to get them their best four on the on the field right Nandi on there at defensive tackle you got Jerron Reed now at D tackle so I can understand that and Jones is one of those talents that we've talked about he can do whatever he wants on the defensive line and he'll be really good at it Chiefs have really really quietly put
0: together a team that could be even better this year that's it for today see you
2: tomorrow see ya treat dad to the good stuff at nordstrom rack and save big father's day is sunday june 16th and nordstrom rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60 percent off shirts activewear watches cologne denim and more find amazing deals on tommy bahama cole han original penguin and vince great brands great prices so get to your nordstrom rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60 percent off look around